Our third scripture this morning is from Genesis 37, 18 through 36. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. But Reuben heard of their scheme. He came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him, he said. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him into this empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then he'll die without our laying a hand on him. Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. Then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. Then just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a cavern of camels in the distance coming towards them. It was a group of Ismaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain by killing our brother? We'd have to co cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to these traders. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood, and his brothers agreed. When the Ismaelites, who were Mennonite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver, and the traders took him to Egypt. Sometime later, Reuben returned to get Joseph out of the cistern. When he discovered that Joseph was missing, he tore his clothes in grief. Then he whacked back to his brothers and lamented, The boy is gone. What will I do now? Then the brothers killed a young goat and dipped Joseph's robe in its blood. They sent the beautiful robe to their father with this message. Look at what we found. Doesn't this robe belong to your son? Their father recognized it immediately. Yes, he said, it is my son's robe. A wild animal must have eaten him. Joseph has clearly been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes and dressed himself in burlap. He mourned deeply for his son for a long time. His family all tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. I will go to my grave mourning for my son, he would say, and then he would weep. Meanwhile, the Mennonite traders arrived in Egypt, where they sold Joseph to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Potiphar was captain of the palace guard. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please play with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and redeemer. Amen. You'll get through this. It won't be painless. It won't be quick. But God will use this mess for good. Don't be foolish or naive. But don't despair either. With God's help, you'll get through this. Reading Genesis chapters 37 through 50, we hear all about Joseph's problems. From the spoiled baby of the family, to the hated brother, to the slave, personal assistant, to the prisoner, to the interpreter of dreams, to the king's prime minister. Talk about a roller coaster ride of life. 
in Max Lucado's book, You'll Get Through This, he uses Joseph's life as an example of how God can carry us through life. This is the book that our Friday morning Bible study group has been reading and studying. It seemed real appropriate for what we have all been going through the last three months. How many times have you asked yourself, when will it end? How much more can I take? Why me? Ever told yourself any of these? Just suck it up. You can do this. This too shall pass. Or how about my favorite? I can do all things with Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. Unfortunately, troubles, struggles, and pain are all a part of life. We all experience them, but we don't all experience the same. Maybe yours is a broken marriage, a lost job, a sick child or parent, or maybe it's unfair treatment from a boss co-worker or family member. How many of you experienced a little stress this last week because of the recent storm in our area? Many of us were without power for days. This was definitely a trial to me. Not only did we lose power, but due to the fact that we have a well, we also lost water. Trying to prepare for today without the use of my email and internet made things a bit stressful at times. But guess what? We made it through, and we're here today. It might not have been pretty. I sure wasn't without a shower for three days. Might not be painless or quick. But God pulled us through just as he did with Joseph. Joseph didn't wake up that morning expecting his brothers to attack him and throw him in a pit any more than we expect the troubles that come our way. Joseph's pit was the cistern. Our pit might be a diagnosis or a traumatic injury or the death of a loved one or unemployment. According to Lakato, the pit is sometimes like a death that some people never recover from. Life then becomes one quest. Get out, never to be heard again. Unfortunately, it's not that simple. Pits have no easy exit. Joseph never gave up, and neither can we. In God's hands, Intended evil becomes eventual good. Joseph was thrown in the pit by his own brothers, the evil. However, God turned it around, and many years later, Joseph would be their rescuer when he saved them from starvation in Egypt, the good. He told his brothers, You meant evil, but God rewove it together for good. Genesis 50, verse 20. God is the master weaver, 
We live in a sinful world. Troubles are headed our way. However, our master weaver can turn things around. He redeemed the story of Joseph. Can't he redeem your story and mine as well? Many years ago, my husband Jim and I wanted to sell our first house and move out of the subdivision we were living in. We saw a house we liked, so we put our house on the market. Then, of course, we didn't buy that house, but our house was still on the market. Our house ended up selling fairly quickly, and we had nowhere to go. We really hadn't even decided where we wanted to go yet. We were really stressing out. My mother, bless her heart, said we could come live with her and dad. My mother wasn't much of a pet lover. All of our pets had to be outside. And she was willing to let our family, which included two sons, a cat, a dog, a boat, and two cars, move in. Needless to say, we couldn't do that to her. We kept looking. Finally, we found a place in a neighboring community, one we didn't know much about. However, there was a house that was empty that the owners were willing to let us rent until the purchase could be finished. We were desperate, so we moved in. Afterwards, we realized that it had a bigger yard than what we had, but the house was actually smaller than what we came from. Long story short, we added on to the house we lived there for over 30 years, and it ended up being a great community in which to raise our sons. You'll get through this. Lucado says, we fear we won't. We fear the depression will never lift. The yelling will never stop, and the pain will never go away. Will the gray skies ever brighten again? Will this load ever lighten? The good news of the Bible tells us it will. Daniel survived the lion's den. Peter, the prison. Jonah survived the whale. And David took down Goliath. The disciples survived the storm. The lepers survived the disease. God gets us through stuff. What if Daniel had given up? Lost faith. What if we lose faith and give up? What if you give up today and your miracle scheduled for tomorrow? Don't. Don't give up. All of heaven is warring on our behalf. God's messengers are out fighting for you and me. It won't be painless. Have you wept your last tear? Had your last round of chemotherapy? Been lied to for the last time? Will that relationship with your child improve overnight? Not necessarily. Sometimes not likely. God doesn't guarantee us the absence of struggles and the absence of strength. However, he does plan to reweave our pain for a higher purpose. It won't be quick either. Joseph was 17 when his brothers attacked him and threw him in the pit. 
It was 20 years later when he saw his brothers again, and 22 years later before he saw his father. God does take his time. Ever heard, not our time, but God's time? While we wait, God works. God is always at work for the good of everyone who loves him. Romans 8, 28. It took 120 years to prepare Noah for the flood and 80 years to prepare Moses for his work. And Jesus was on this earth for three decades before he built anything other than a kitchen table. How long will God take with you or me? He may take his time. According to Lakato, God's history is redeemed not in minutes, but in lifetimes. In other words, I don't think he's done with us yet. Let's go back to Romans 28, Romans 8, 28 again. This is just another version of that same scripture. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of all those that love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God promises to render beauty out of all things, not each thing. Sometimes God's definition of good is different than ours. Lucado says our good usually includes health, comfort, recognition, prosperity, but God's good is to work it all together for the greatest of good, which is his glory and our salvation. Did you ever have one of those punching bags that no matter how hard you hit it or where you hit it, it always came bouncing back, bouncing back up? That's how we have to be, continually bouncing back. Lucado says, life comes at us with a fury of flying fists, right hooks of rejection, sucker punches of loss, enemies who hit below the belt, and calamities that cause us to stagger. It's a slugfest out there, and some folks never get back up. Joseph did. He was like that punching bag. No matter what happened, he still had faith in God. He knew God would turn things around. By God's strength, he pulled himself back up. God helped Joseph, and he's waiting to help each of us. God will use your mess for good. We see a mess, or trouble, or stress. God sees a perfect opportunity to train, test, and teach us. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be strong in character and ready for anything. James 1, verses 3 through 4. Lucado thinks that we represent a challenge to Satan's plans. We carry something of God within us, something noble and holy, something the world needs, wisdom, kindness, mercy and skill. If Satan can neutralize us, 
He can mute our influence. Let me say that again. If Satan can neutralize us, he can mute our influence. Is the God of Joseph still in control? Can he do for us what he did for Joseph? Yes. Yes, he can. Maybe the evil intended to harm you or me will actually help us become the person God intended us to be. We have two choices, folks. Trust God or turn away. Let's not let Satan win. Don't let him neutralize us and silence us. Trust God to trump the evil. Amen. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of the Bible. We thank you for all the stories and examples of how to live our lives. We also thank you for gifted writers like Max Lucado, who helps to bring your messages to life. Please be with each of us as we stand up to Satan by trusting you to guide our lives. Amen.